You're listening to Business in Balance with Nature. This podcast is brought to you by Business Law and Felser, an organization in the Kingdom of Denmark that is tasked in promoting awareness and growth in a rural region while maintaining its agrarian legacy. A region that is experiencing a high conjuncture thanks to its strategic location in Europe's largest infrastructure project, the Feynman Belt Tunnel, connecting Denmark and Germany. These are the stories of how BLF brings life to their vision of bringing business in balance with nature. My name is Chris and I'm your host. Listen in. Season one follows a bold and ambitious concept aimed at attracting promising, high potential and scalable companies into the region. And you'll hear their stories and how they strive to create a business that is both financially sustainable and have a positive impact on the environment. So today we're speaking with uh, Tristano Bacchetti from Cora AgriLab, and he hails from Spain, and he has a very interesting product uh, called NutriSoil and PowerSoil. And uh, one of the reasons why that we have you on the program is the promise of these products. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. It's, it's a pleasure. Yeah, about the products. I mean, we... We really look at uh, at the soil as a living organism. So we understand that for you know, preserving uh, farming cap- capacity uh, throughout, you know, the the vegetable cycle, um, but also for the future, we we really need to take care of of the soil as a as a limited resources. And so we have developed this concept, which really is a is a fertilization plan that takes into account from one side the microbial community that that is in the soil and needs to be uh, alive and diverse and from the other side we look at how we feed these microbes so they are growing happily and they provide surfaces and to the to the crops so this is like This is the two products. One contains the microbes, and the other one contains the nutrients for the microbes to benefit the, the crops. This is the concept. Okay, that makes sense. So when you're talking about soil health, which is the focus of these products, why is that important for farmers? Okay, the scientists uh, have put forward this um, this data that kind of shows that if we don't treat the soil well um, the consequences is actually the, the you know the soils um, degrade and actually are becoming not they would not sustain crops anymore because soils are not just like a, a, a dead material stone sand and clay uh, in order for the plant to grow there there has to be an association with the microbes that are in there so that It's it's super important to um, to treat the the soil as a living organism and and, and to take care of it. Yeah. This importance in treating well the soil uh, it relates with uh, other sectors as well because basically uh, the soils what the soil does it um, it's it sequester uh, a lot of carbon dioxide that is in the in the atmosphere. So it, actually there is a fantastic initiative. It's called the Four Per Thousand Initiative. It's uh, they launched it in about five years ago, 
And it's called four per thousand because if we would uh, increase the organic content in soil by four per thousand, per thousand which is 0.4% uh, in terms of like four grams per kilo. So if we, you know, to, to make it very visual, also in the farming landscape, we would completely absorb all carbon dioxide that we as a human being, human society emit in the atmosphere. So when you're saying that, it also tells me that the current practices in agriculture is doing sort of the opposite. Kind of, so yes. So why, why is this becoming a problem or a critical issue? Hmm. Um, unfortunately, the excessive use of fertilizers kind of breaks the, the natural cycles and the and the diverse in the soil. So the results is that you actually lose uh, organic matter in the soil. Uh, basically, um, the, the community in the soil, get, instead of like building up uh, mater organic material, they consume it. So, and the result is more carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. What do you see farmers can or maybe are doing examples of that where they are doing a combination of the synthetic and how do they care for the soil afterwards? Is there anything they can do or is it just a lost cause? There are quite a few. It's easy to point out. One is uh, no tillage or reduced tillage because when you kind of intervene into the soil and you um, move it a lot, then all the kind of yeah, microbial cities that have been built from previous season and that they are doing functions in this uh, in, in each layer of the soil, if you kind of turn that upside down and, and intervene strongly, then uh, they will stop working. Uh, the city will simply die, cities of microbes in a way. Obviously, uh, incorporating into the soil like uh, organic matters, compost, could be manure, could be liquids, organic matter. But still, the number of farms around the globe that is adopting that method is still very low. Why do you think that is? I think um, chemical fertilizers are, even if they are kind of inefficient, because a lot of the fertilizer that you put in the ground they actually do not reach the plant they get washed out but they are very effective so basically they it's it's what the plants eat those nitrates those phosphates uh, these chemicals uh, is is the food for the plant and when we look at the bacteria in the soil and we kind of try to promote especially if you look at the organic which is kind of easy to see it um, they microbes in the soil give the plants those uh, nutrients, nitrates, phosphate, is the result of the microbial activity that feeds the plant. So with the chemical fertilizer, we just have managed to substitute to the natural way of you know, doing things for vegetation. What would it take for them to change their methods, to go to start with no tillage, is there a time frame where they need to kind of invest in order to get that going? And what would that time frame look like? Well, first of all, 
the way I see it is do they really have a choice? Because um, especially certain fertilizers like phosphate, we have a quite a clear idea of when they are going to finish in terms of these things are extracted from mines. Okay. We have 50 years left of phosphate. So okay. that's, that's basically the ending date of conventional farming. Yeah. Period. But why do you think that it's not a critical issue? Because you don't hear that a lot. Uh, you still have these governments, you know, um, kind of rolling back certain guidelines, you know, not really adhering to, you know, for instance, like Paris Agreement, which is, you know, there's one of many things you can do to adhere to that agreement, right? Why do you think it's still not critical for farmers to be doing this? Why are not many farmers doing this? And I'm not just talking about small farmers, farmers that are maybe 1,000. I'm talking about the huge ones in, in the U.S., in Australia, with thousands and thousands of hectares where they produce corn and things like that. Why do you think that it's not well ad ad adopted? I think we have enjoyed the party so far, and it's as difficult to, you know, to kind of see the end of it or to want it to end. Um, and it's also difficult to, you know, put yourself in a position where you look at 50 years uh, in the future and think, okay, now I start working for that goal. It's like 50 years, it feels like a lot of time. It, it is. In, in, it is. Yeah. In, the, in the mankind uh, history, not. <laughs> but for the farmer, yes. And yeah. So that's that's the main reason. Um, I do think that, um, you know, public institutions and governments are realizing that and uh, uh, they are beginning to push forward policies that uh, go in that direction. So at some point, uh, it, you know, I, I guess the farmers will have tools and, uh, and an option to that make it easier for them to, to go towards uh, more more sustainable systems. And from the other side, I mean, my understanding uh, of farming is that every year um, costs increase. So you have like a between five, around 5% 5 cost increase every year in the farming process and prices more often drop than increase. Mm. So at some point, it's just like uh, it will become economically unfeasible to, to do things as farmers have always done. And they will have to look at a different way of doing it. Going organics is obviously one way because uh, of the price. Um, in finding alternative source of income. Is it really the bitter truth that maybe what it takes is for them to go at the brink of extinction, that farmers start doing something when they are forced to, when they have no way back. Is that just our human nature, really? <laughs> we don't do anything unless it's 100% critical. Yeah. You know, scientists can tell us in 50 years, we will have no basis for living. But people have a ten tendency to be complacent. I like to to think and and I see that in the fields when I go out speaking talking to the farmers that um, you know often society look at them as this you know very conservative um, sector or bunch of people and uh, and it's it's kind of sad to 
to think that many people understand agriculture as one of the main like polluting sector. Um, I don't see it that way. I, I think uh, obviously it's, farmers run businesses and they have to take decisions that uh, are economically sustainable for them. Uh, but it's, they're not bad people. You know, they, no. they do try to, uh, to run things uh, the best way. And, and, and if, 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 if they have, a, a, if it's economically feasible, I'm sure that they would be very happy to um, incorporate more sustainable processes in, into their day-to-day uh, methods. Um, I think it's, uh, it really depends on if you are used to do something uh, year after year in the same way, uh, obviously, uh, you know, there is a learning curve and that you, to, to switch towards something different is, um, is obviously difficult because you are stepping into the unknown, at least for you, you know, you made it. I don't think that farmers, if they look at the, at the, um, at the documentary, they would, uh, they would make sense of it. It's not something like, mm, I don't believe it. Mm. It's, you know, it's okay. And it's, it's in there, they experience that environment that is uh, pictured into the documentary. So they, they obviously can make sense of it. Um, it's just an unknown technique, maybe. So it, it is difficult. That's why I think it's important. Um, either they face bankruptcy and so they kind of, okay, let's, start from scratch or we can we should focus on on finding um small differences so okay this here we try to do this thing in a different way and we see how it works and you know reiterate that process going towards more sustainable the old system more sustainable yeah and hopefully that will meet the demand so there's this whole ec- economic factor also that is bearing on in on them and why they're continuing to do those things. Um, you mentioned that conventional farming has a more or less an expiration date. Yeah. What is your vision up to that expiration date? Um, I think it's like uh, we have been driving a Ferrari at 100 kilometers or 200 kilometers per hour. And now we see in the far distance, there is a wall, you know, we, we kind of have to decelerate. Mm. And, and, and I think that, you know, at least here in Europe, the vision is that one, you know, they, from, from the institution, they are putting policies to kind of, okay, in the next 10 years, we will have to reduce fertilizer users, usage, usage by 20%. And that would buy us five years more. And then mm-hmm. the next decades will be reduced another 20%. And so it's, it's you know, pushing the industry to develop more efficient uh, fertilizers. So they, you, don't, you, don't, you don't lose them. You don't contaminate the waters, the rivers, which is often a, a bad side of, of, of um, synthetic fertilizers, if you want. Um, but yeah, so there are a lot of technological advantages we can we can promote. There is uh, precision farming, um, better mani- measuring the plants' needs, so you actually give the plants what they need in that exact moment. Um, I see. I think uh, I see it as an incremental thing. 
and we will manage to reduce quite a lot the the sort of the footprint uh, that we have on the environment in respect to farming. So little by little, it will happen. You have this company and have these products. What is it that you are hoping to accomplish with that? Yeah. And what do you hope is your contribution? Um, I think farmers knows it, but know it, but um, perhaps they have forgot it or they don't see it. Uh, but I think it's very important for them to understand that microbes that are those important actors into the farming process are alive and you have to feed them. So the whole idea of creating this fertilization system that I call the regenerative soil system um, is you know, really that they have to add microbes to the soil first and then nutrients. And this process is kind of a, a training, a learning that microbes need to be fed, needs to be taken care of. And, and by doing that year after year, then it's like, okay, now we have seen the importance of the microbes and then perhaps the same thing would happen with worms with some sort of insects because they are part of the ecosystem and they, they need to be accounted for. So how I understand this product can help conventional farmers is to kind of bridge a little bit of the gap between that and organic farming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the question that I don't know if we can ever answer to is if that output is going to maintain at the same level as they are now by having some kind of a hybrid production. What is your take on that? Well, um, I'm not sure about the whole like sector, but what I, I know is my products. And um, from one side, um, we have these microbes and obviously um, because as we mentioned before, they, they are alive and and they, at some point, if you give them the condition to perform certain functions or to do certain things, they do it. And if these condition, conditions are not there, they stop doing it. So it's really about mm, how you as a farmer manager want to dictate the functions that the soil perform, perform towards the, the, the crop. And, and that's sort of biology is all about trade-off so instead it's it's difficult it's more complicated than chemicals to get like a a straightforward result in increased productivity and with microbes and that's and that's a kind of a fact but with our second product um we really managed to stimulate the plant growth so that's um we see an increase productivity of pretty much every single crop that we have tested with of around five to up to 10% in certain specific crops. But I would say, you know, 5% is, uh, is, a, is, a, is, a, is, there is, is the more typical result that we see. And that's basically done because um, the microbes they work together with the crops um, and they, they, the microbes want crops 
to do things for them. And we exploit that mechanism. And that, the result of that mechanism is plants growing faster because microbes want them to give uh, food to them somehow. And so, you know, at the end of the day, we are seeing this yields increase and that applies to conventional and uh, organic farming. So in, we are, that's increased in productivity that is not linked to the amount of fertilizer used. I think we can, you know, put it into, you know, a, a column of more sustainable production obtained. Any last words? Um, you know, I like, um, I really think that it is important for, um, to promote uh, good practices, you know, the farming. Uh, we need uh, everyone on the same page. Um, consumer uh, have to be involved uh, as in every other sec sector, they, they make a choice and uh, by making the, the right choice, they will foster uh, a more sustainable farming system. Uh, me and my fellow manufacturers obviously are all about uh, creating solutions and, and developing better products that can be more sustainable. Um, but I, I understand they, they have to be effective and that's the only way you know farmers will, will take them into account and um, and farmers, farmer societies, all the ecosystem around farming, uh, that's obviously very important that they share the information, they keep training. And I was reading the other day um, a, a suggestion made by, I don't remember which university, maybe Columbia or some university in the US at the beginning of last century and they were saying like there was a list of five or six uh, uh, things that farmers need to do to go bankrupt. And one of those was keep on doing the thing exactly the way your grandfather told you. <laughs> That's, That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because I think we can about uh, check off all the farmers in this region yeah. because uh, a lot of them are, you know, from brought down from families, there's a big uh, opportunity there to kind of make a difference. Yeah. It's just a matter of convincing them because as you said, they are seen as con conservatives. Um, and I think that rings true. Yeah, there are a lot of technologies out there that are, have been developed and are being developed uh, that can help. And uh, farmers need to look into that because it's, uh, uh, it's good for them. It's good for their businesses. Thank you so much for being with us and uh, good luck. You're listening to Business in Balance with Nature. This podcast is brought to you by Business Law and Felser. My name is Chris and I'm your host. 